Hey mamas, you're listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast, the only podcast teaching you how to balance your work, motherhood, and wellness. I am Dr. Amber Thornton, clinical psychologist and mama wellness consultant. Each week we dive into tips and strategies and much more so that you too can become a balanced working mama. Let's dive in. Hey mamas, we're back for another episode of the Balanced Working Mama podcast. Let's check in. There's a lot to check in about. (laughs) So many of you know my birthday was over the weekend. Um, Thank you so much to everybody who reached out to me, who wished me a happy birthday, who checked on me, all that stuff. I appreciate y'all so much that it just, I love, I love my birthday. I think I mentioned that last time. I love my birthday and this year did not disappoint while it was a COVID birthday. Um, and I've been waiting like seven years to have my birthday fall on a Saturday. And of course it it did this year when I couldn't really do anything. So either way though, it was still a really great birthday. I um, was treated so well by my husband and my son. They just made sure I was taken care of that day. I got a prenatal massage, stayed masked up the whole time. So I felt really safe, got to hear from a lot of my family and friends. So yeah, I just, it was a really, really, really good day. I cannot complain at all. So I'm just so grateful for 33 years on this earth. And I'm looking forward to many, 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 many more. So shout out to that. The birthday was really good. Um, and because it's still my birthday weekend, technically, um, I'm going to just try to relax today. You know, usually on Sundays, I use it as a balanced working mama work day and really try to get ahead and do the things that really matter um, so that I can grow a balanced working mama. But today I'm going to do like half of that. Um, after I were finished recording the podcast today, I'm going to go eat some leftover pizza and I'm going to watch Girlfriends and then... Another exciting thing that's happening today, Empower Wellness Program, mamas are graduating today. So many of you, again, already know last week we wrapped up the Empower Wellness Program. The mamas are doing great. They're feeling good. And today we're all going to come together one last time to celebrate with a a graduation. So it's going to be cool because um, many of the mamas have not yet met one another virtually because we do two groups. We do a group of six um, on a Tuesday and a Sunday this this season. Um, But now all 12 of them are going to come together with me and Brandy, my intern, so that we can celebrate them with a graduation. So graduation is just always fun. It's just a nice little fun time. We got some cool things planned for them um, and then a little surprise or two. So I'm excited to see the mamas graduate today. And then with that, you know, that does mean that Empower Wellness Program is now opening up for another 12 mamas. So if you are listening to this and you have been curious, you know that you've wanted to work on your wellness, you've wanted to join the program, now is the time. Um, You definitely can go to balanceworkingmama.com. Registration is open. Um, I I wasn't going to open it this early, but I had a few mamas ask me. So um, it is open, ready, and willing for you to jump on in there. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting the next 12 mamas that's going to join us for January. So um want to put that out there. If you are ready to join us for Empower Wellness Program, feel free. 
if you have questions about it, y'all know where to find me. Hit me up on Instagram, email me, whatever you need to do, but let me know any questions that you have um, so that we can get on in here. All right, y'all. Well, let's talk about today's episode. So today's episode is a little different. (laughs) I think I said that last time. I don't know. Maybe did I? I don't know. Either way, um, today's episode is a little different and it's really just me sharing an experience that I had um, last year with having my baby and then going back to work. Um, this has been a challenging experience for me. And luckily I'm I'm in a place where I'm at peace with it and I'm feeling better about what happened. But um, I don't want it to ever happen again. I don't want it to happen to another mother. And it's really um, sent me on a quest to figure out what can I do? What can Balanced Working Mama contribute so that um, there are fewer mamas who have to deal with this issue that I experienced. So I'm going to share that with you all in the podcast today, but then also pay attention because at the end, today's homework is going to be really, really, really helpful for me. Um, I'm going to ask you to complete a survey about your experiences at work. And um, again, it just would be so helpful for me if you all are could do that. Um, just so I can get a little bit more information and learn a little bit more about the challenges that you all face as working mothers at work. So stay tuned. The homework at the end will tell you all about that, but also I'll include the link for the survey in the show notes. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you are enjoying today and I hope that you really, really, really enjoy today's episode. Hey mama, I want to quickly tell you about the Empower Wellness Program. This is a dynamic six-week group for working mothers who are tired of feeling overwhelmed, fatigued, burdened by mom guilt, but then also just not having enough time for themselves. This program takes all of that and transforms it into more wellness, more time for yourself, better priorities, community with other mothers, but then overall balance in your work, motherhood, and wellness. To learn more about the Empower Wellness Program, head over to balanceworkingmama.com. There you can find when the next program begins, what to expect, but then also how to sign up. Hope to see you in the next group. All right, mama. So this episode is going to be... um a little different. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about an experience that I had um, in motherhood, you know, with hopes that um, as I share it, one, that it might resonate with some of you all to kind of normalize and validate any experiences that you might be having. Um, Two, to just shed light on uh, an issue that I'm learning about when it comes to working mothers and um, work, especially those of us who choose to breastfeed or express uh, milk at work. But then also for me, because this story has been um, something that has really been troubling and hurtful and disappointing and just difficult for me. Um for the last few years, to be honest. And so, you know, me recording this and telling this story is also somewhat therapeutic for me because it allows me to um, share what I've been through and and just further process the experience and and help me decide how I'm going to move forward um, as a whole person and and a mother and 
someone that cares about these things. So I'm going to share a story with you all. Um, so as you probably guessed by the title of this episode, it being, you know, me mistreated, me being mistreated at work, um, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about. And I want to tell a story of when I did have my my son and how that really impacted my work experience once I returned to work and expressed breast milk. Um, yeah, for, them, for those of you who breastfeed, you all know how hard that journey is. It is challenging, even when everything goes right. Um, but it's also rare that everything goes right. And so, you know, breastfeeding is not easy and it was not easy for me. Um, but then taking it to that next level of expressing breast milk at work. Ooh, girl. <laughs> that is something that I hope I never have to do again. And unfortunately, I, I know I will have to do it again at some point because I am having another baby and I do plan to breastfeed and I probably will be back at work at that time. Um, but it's it was a really challenging experience, like physically, but then also mentally and emotionally. And so um, I'm sure that many of you can resonate with that. Like that shit ain't easy. And it's just, oh, oh. So let me start from the beginning. And so by the way, you, this episode, I'm allowing it to be a little bit more free flowing because it is my story. But all the while I'm talking, I'm like, girl, you need some structure. <laughs> so I'm going to try to put some structure in, but I'm also trying to allow myself to just um, freely talk about my experience. So you all know I had a baby in May of 2019 and um, I was so excited. That was my first pregnancy, well, my first full term pregnancy. And um it, it was time we were going to have this baby. And um, at the time I had a job in DC working for a mental health, uh, community mental health center for children and all was going seemingly well. Um, you know, I definitely had some difficulties with that that particular organization, but nothing that was too glaring. I think it's, you know, one of those things where anywhere you work, there's always going to be something. You kind of just have to pick and choose what is okay for you and what um, falls into like your non-negotiables. So either way, you all know I'm a very prepared and very structured, um, organized person. And so I was very, I remember being very diligent about, um, you know, when I, when I do go on leave, I want everything to be in place. I don't want anything to fall on the shoulders of my coworkers. And if they do need to, I want them to be prepared and have everything they need. Because at that time I was doing individual therapy for um, people in the community. And so what that meant is that I had to close down my caseload. I had a huge caseload of about 20 to 30 people. Um, well, 25 to 30 people had to close out everything. I had a few clients that were going to transfer over to some other providers. And so I did that work to make sure that everything um, was solidified and we were good to go. I even went down to the whole, you know, let me change my voicemail. So if people call me, they'll know I'm out. Let me set up my email message already. Let me 
tell people like, this is where you can find my keys for this. If you need this particular file, all of that, it was all ready to go because I, I really cared about the work I was doing and my perception, the perception of the company and the organization, you know, what they thought of me. Um, but also I cared about the work. Um, that stuff is important to me. So, um, one thing I do recall doing is before leaving, I did have a conversation with my supervisor and I let him know that when I leave, one, I would like to come back in like a staggered way. And that actually was really helpful. I recommend that to anyone if you're able to do it. When I went back to work, I actually went back at week eight, but I, um, kind of, how do you say, I transitioned back in. So for instance, at eight weeks, I went back to work for one day a week. And then the next week I went back for two days a week. And then the next week I went back for three days a week. And the next week I went back for four days. And then finally I worked my way up to full time. And so by that time, it was about 13 or 14 weeks that I was actually working full time. Um, So we negotiated that and that went really well. But then the other thing that we really had to have a conversation about was I am going to be breastfeeding at work. I'm sorry, not breastfeeding. I'm going to be expressing breast milk at work. And what does that mean for my role and the work that I do? Something that I realize now that I didn't realize at the time was how challenging that would be in terms of my role at that organization. And so what I mean by that, and this is going to resonate with many of you who are mental health professionals. Many of us, when we work for community mental health centers or um, therapy clinics, we are required to meet a certain type of productivity. So for instance, you have to see so many clients in a, in a month, or you have to have so many face-to-face client hours in a month. And at the time, our requirement was 90 face-to-face client hours per month, which is really challenging. It's really challenging. Um, But aside from that, and again, those of you who work in this type of environment know, especially when you're working in um, like within the city or with um, populations of color or individuals who um, don't have as many resources, it's hard to get to those sessions. So that means that sometimes people are unable to make it or we have to cancel. And so that 90 hours that you're supposed to get, you have to still ensure that. So instead, you might need to schedule 120 hours a week <laughs> to or just to ensure that you have to, you can get your 90. And that's where we were at. You know, I was encouraged by my supervisor we really need to schedule 120 therapy sessions per month to ensure that you get your 90. (sighs) The math, it just terrifies me to this day to think about that. Um, That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Um, And so at the time, I did not realize that When you go back to work and you express breast milk, what they recommend is that you are expressing breast milk every two to three hours in order to maintain your milk supply. Um, And so theoretically, I got it, but I didn't really crunch the numbers to really realize that this was going to interfere with my productivity. Um, And so what ended up happening for me is that 
I was able to factor in 112 client hours per month in addition to my slots that I had for breastfeeding, which one of them was a lunch hour that I, I designated for myself. Um, but that wasn't 120. And so it was in it was interfering with my ability to meet my productivity, long story short. Um, this was a very tricky situation for me and for my supervisor because we didn't know how to handle it. And I feel like looking back, that is red flag number one. Um, I think one mistake that I made in all of this is that I did not go to HR as soon as I could have, um, you know, because I had tra- I had trust and faith in my supervisor at the time that, you know, I'm communicating very openly about him and what I need and what I would like to do. Um, I'm letting him know this is what my hours look like and this is what I'm able to do and trusted that he would either allow me the time and the space to do what I needed to do and or give me some guidance. And he just wasn't able to do that. And I think it had a lot to do with, um, unfortunately, our male colleagues don't have to think about some of these things. And so they just don't always click, (laughs) you know, some things just don't, um, you don't, they don't understand them because they, they have not been and will never be in these situations. And so I think he was underestimating how much effort, um, was required for me to express breast milk. Um, and that was challenging for him to wrap his head around. Um, but also I wish that I would have, talk to HR center. Um, our fire alarm is going off in my house (laughs) and now my dog is going crazy. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but I can hear it. All right. I think all is well now. Either way, um, that was tough for us because we, we soon realized that the, the numbers were not going to work. And so it was a situation of us trying to figure out, okay, well, what does this mean? On my end, I was thinking, okay, well, what does this mean for me? Does this mean that I have to stop breastfeeding in order to meet my hours? Um, Does this mean that you all will accommodate me and allow me to do this temporarily so that I can continue to breastfeed? What What does this mean for me? And that's, I think, where things got really, really sticky because ultimately we could never figure that out. Um, we could never figure that out. Um, I'm lucky that throughout this whole adventure, I'm going to call it an adventure. Um, I did have one coworker who at the time was also pregnant and also going through the same exact issue of trying to breastfeed and express breast milk for her son while working as well. She was my lifeline. (laughs) We were each other's lifeline in that moment because this was both of our first experiences of being pregnant at work and going through the process of like all the policies and red tape of maternity leave and returning to work and hours and all of that. And it was just so hard, y'all. Like I wish that I could 
put it into words how challenging it was. It was basically from the time we returned back to work. And mind you, she had her baby literally three weeks after. So we we literally got to be pregnant together at work. We got to go on maternity leave at the same time. We had our babies at the same time. Like that right there was something I never knew I needed because I just imagine if she was not there to walk through this experience with me, I would have been so lost. I would have been so discouraged. I would have just melted into the floor. (laughs) Um, But we held each other up and it was so necessary. Um, But either way, you know, it was a whole process of going through this from the time I returned to work in August of 2019, all the way up until January when I decided to leave. And how many months is that? Five months of just pure for lack of a better word, hell. Um, Emotionally, I was drained. Emotionally, I was stressed the fuck out because I had never been in a situation before where my my productivity at work was being questioned or called into question. I had never been in a situation where I was being reprimanded um, for not meeting hours or or I I never had been in a situation where I felt like... um, people couldn't see the good work that I was doing. And that was the first time. And so not only am I having to deal with that at my job, but also I have a newborn. (laughs) I have an infant. I have a small child. I'm trying to breastfeed for the very first time. I am lugging this huge breast pump to work every single day, connecting myself to this damn thing three days a week. My hormones haven't settled. I was a mess. It was really challenging. And I think, you know, when I talk about it and I think about it, the lack of consideration that our companies and organizations give to working mothers is really alarming. Um, I, I don't know how it's not evident and apparent that all that is going on, but I think sometimes for some companies and organizations, what really matters at the end of the day is the dollar. <laughs> um We got to keep these lights on. We got to keep these buildings up. So I need you to meet these hours. And that was the feeling that I was getting. And it was hard because I, at one point, was questioning, do I just stop breastfeeding so that I can keep my job? Um, What am I supposed to do here? What is supposed to happen? Um, It was tough. It was really, really tough. Um, there were times where I would cry. I would want to just stop breastfeeding. I had, So many times, y'all can ask my husband, I, so many times I would come home and say, I can't do this, so we need to make a plan. Let's start using formula. You know, and again, there's nothing wrong with formula, nothing wrong, but he knew that that's not what I wanted. You know, there were so many times where I would just say, I just can't do this. I'm not doing it. I just can't do it. And to have to go through that stress as a new mother and the work stress I was going through is just completely unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So there was a question of whether this was discriminatory or not. And, (laughs) You know, looking back at it, I have a new fresh fresh set of eyes, you know, but at the time it felt very unfair. It felt unfair that the two 
the only two pregnant people at this job, the only two people expressing breast milk, um, were having this much difficulty. Everyone else could do this job with no worry, no concern, but we were the only ones having difficulty. So in my eyes, it begged the question of, is there something going wrong here that's adversely impacting the people who are expressing breast milk? That was the question that I had. Um, And mind you, this was a new organization. So there had never, ever been pregnant people (laughs) in this role before um, that we could actually look back to and say, okay, well, this is what worked for her. This is what worked for her. We were the ones paving the way and it did not go well because we both have since left that position. And unfortunately, my coworker made the decision to stop breastfeeding because the stress of the job was too much. Luckily, she feels good about that decision. Um, you know, in the end and overall, it was better for her in terms of her mental health and well-being and it worked well for her family. Um, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I knew that's not what I wanted. What ended up happening is we hit my ceiling of I'm no longer able to schedule as many clients as I'm needed to meet my productivity. Um, and so my salary was reduced. That was really painful because it it felt like the value or the quality of my work was diminished because I was expressing breast milk. Um, But also, I have a new child now. I really can't afford to have my salary be reduced, but it was. It was reduced, and I will never forget this day. I was going back and forth with HR for over a month at this point. This was in November when the decision was made. And, you know, I explained to her that when I'm expressing breast milk, I'm not just sitting there. I'm doing paperwork that only I can do as the psychologist. I'm writing notes. I'm writing reports. I'm making calls to my clients that at the time we had to do. I'm doing all the things that only I can do. And so it feels unfair that my salary is being reduced while I'm still doing the work that only I can do, but because I cannot meet the demands of the face-to-face hours, I have to take home less pay. And she said to me, well, we can't pay you for not working. (laughs) That was really hurtful. It was really hurtful because again, it, it just let me know, well, as a working mother, as someone who's expressing breast milk, um, my value is now reduced it is lowered, is diminished, and the work I do is not as valuable. Um, I don't know. It sucked. It really sucked. So I had to accept less pay for the same work that I was doing, um, and that was just it. I soon decided to leave <laughs> because that was not okay for me. Um I'm so blessed to have then been able to find a different job that paid me way more. (laughs) Um, And that was way more accommodating and actually allowed for me to breastfeed in the space and the peace that I needed and still, you know, let me do the work in the way that I needed to do. And it's such a better fit, y'all. Like, I had no idea. And this actually is just kind of a, a testament to, like, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in situations and we don't even think there's a better possibility, but we're just working so hard to make this thing work. 
it, but if we open our eyes and you know be open to the possibilities around us, we'll see, hey, there are better options. I didn't know that there was a much better option than there was. And I, I'm so glad I found it and I got to leave. In January, I left that job and I now have a new job that I love. Um, but the scars and the pain of that experience is still there. It has definitely left an imprint on my heart and my mind for sure because it just... I keep thinking about all the other working mothers that are going to come into that office, that organization, be in that place, and then hit that same ceiling that I hit, and then what's going to happen for them? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I did end up taking legal action for this situation because, again, like I said earlier, the, the question that came to mind was, is this something that's happening that's only affecting the pregnant people here? Unfortunately, that experience also did not go in my favor. And that was very, very disappointing as well. Um, I was in that process for, let's see, what month are we in? October. We started in January. About 10 months. 10 months of, you know, the back and forth and the anticipation of what would happen and, and hoping and for justice and vindication and then nothing. Um, it was heartbreaking. It was very disappointing. I, I don't feel like I got the justice that I deserve. And that was really hard to deal with. And I think I learned a lot from this situation, right? Like I, I think one thing that I learned is that, you know, at the time I was seeing this as a, you know, this is a, a discriminatory issue with this job and me and we need to handle this. Um, but then the way that it shaked out, you know, it was that, no, actually they gave you the space. They gave you the opportunity. You just needed to do what you needed to do to get the hours done. And so, okay, I, I accept that. I, I acknowledge that. Um, but what that would have meant for me is that I would have needed to work um About 11 to 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, <laughs> um, and or work my Monday through Friday, nine hours, but also on the weekend. And I think it just, what I realized is that it is a much bigger systemic issue. Um, the battle that I was trying to fight with that organization is not just something that they created, like something they were doing wrong. It's actually something that society is doing wrong. Because what ends up happening is that when women have children or have babies, our careers are delayed. Our, our income potential is on pause because society has not allowed us to do the work in the ways that we're needing to do it because of lack of resources, because of lack of support, because of lack of compassion, all those things. Um, we're not accommodated in the ways that we need to. It's kind of like, okay, well, we'll give you this time off. We'll give you a little bit of pay for it, but you got to come back and be on it. And that's not realistic. And so society in many ways has not yet adapted to what is realistic for working mothers when they return to work. And I think that is the issue. 
you know, I was trying to fight that issue with that one organization legally, but it, it didn't work in my favor because the whole system is fucked. <laughs> um, there's a problem here. It angers me. And I was having this conversation with my husband. It angers me that if you decide to have a baby, your potential in your career and your income is stalled. That's upsetting. And that's a very systemic issue that needs to be fixed. It angers me that we have to make decisions and concessions for, okay, well, do you want to build a family? And if you do, you know that, that your career is going to be on hold and, you know, you, or you have to like do all these things, jump through all these hoops just to keep up with the men. That's fucked up. But then also as women of color, which many of us are, there are so many other battles and hoops that we got to jump through. And so on top of that, we continue to fall back and back and back because we have babies. And that's unfair. And I don't like that. I don't like that. And that was the feeling that I was left with, like, wow, this is a systemic issue and I am not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. So my takeaways, because y'all, this has just been such an ordeal for me, but I I really was trying to focus on, okay, well, how can I make this something that I can take the fuel and the fire and turn it into something better? Because I did not get the justice I felt like I needed or I deserved, but I want other working mothers too. So let me just talk to you about the lessons that I learned and and where I'm going from here. Um, Number one, ooh, community. (laughs) Community and support and motherhood. If you don't have it, get it. And I know I say this all the time, but I would not have been able to get through those moments and those times without my coworker who was also pregnant and going through the similar experience. I would not have been able to get through it without my my mom groups that I'm in. You know, I have two of them and they're amazing. I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of my husband. We need community, especially when we're in early motherhood, but just in any time, like there are so many things we experience and go through as working mothers that is unique. And if we don't have a community of people who understand and who get it and who can hear us, there's going to be issues. So I really want us to have that community because it's so needed. My son's crying. I don't know what happened. Something's going on downstairs. (laughs) motherhood y'all this is real life recording a podcast and then I hear a big old boom and now he's crying (laughs) all right let's keep going I'm sure he's fine his dad is down there all right another thing that I learned is we have to speak up early and loudly for what we need um when I think back to that situation I told you all I don't think I reached out to HR soon enough I wish that I would have been in contact with them the very day that I returned even though it turned out that HR was not as helpful to me as I thought they would be, um, I still needed to advocate for myself sooner. But then also I, I needed to be loud. And, and I finally got to a rhythm where I was loud and I boldly and assertively let them know what I needed. Um, we all need to do this for ourselves, especially in our workplaces. Um, the third thing that I learned is that with that specific job and that type of work, um, that just is no longer ideal for me. I am just not able in this phase of my life to do 
work that requires me to meet a certain type of productivity, especially when it is very, very demanding. Um, That's not going to work for me at this time. And so I'm grateful for this experience because it allowed me to understand, okay, well, what type of work does work for you at this phase of your life and what doesn't? Um, You know, before I had a kid, before I had babies, I would have been able to perform well in this type of environment, but now I cannot. And so it has helped me to know, you know, these are the things that work for you. These are the skills that you have. These are the the needs that um, you 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 need. You know, these are the things you need in your in your working environment. And I'm I'm grateful for that clarity now. The fourth thing I learned and I already spoke to is like this is a bigger, bigger systemic issue. And the thing about it is that it is going to manifest in different ways depending on where you're working or where you are. You know, for me at that specific job, it manifested in, you know, just the inability for us to get on the same page about what it means for me to not meet my productivity because I'm expressing breast milk. We couldn't figure that out. But in other workplaces and other jobs, you know, this big systemic issue of how what what's needed for working mothers when they return to work. Um it might manifest in other ways. And so, you know, this is a systemic issue that happens all over the place in manifest. And so because I now realize that this big issue is is much larger than that company and or, or organization that I worked for, I am, you know, taking all that rage, all that disappointment, all of that frustration that I felt um, for a number of months and really trying to turn that around and, and ask the question of how can I make this better for other working mothers? How can I turn this around? How can I make it so that there's one less woman um, who has to experience this really shitty thing that I did in um, the early parts of my motherhood journey. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how I anticipate Balanced Working Mama will shift in the coming year. Um, And I'm so excited about it. Um, Something that I am working hard on is to think of how Balanced Working Mama can continue to support working mothers, but on a much bigger level. a much bigger way. You know, we love our Empower Wellness program. We love the wellness assessment. We love all the things that we've been doing, and we're going to continue to do those things. And I am so determined to move into a place where I can now support and be someone um, that can help be the voice for working mothers within companies and organizations to help them understand, okay, well, what are the working mothers here need? And how can we make sure that we can turn some of these policies, procedures, practices around so that your working mothers feel well cared for, so that they continue to be productive in healthy ways, but also so that they stay? Because a number of us will not stay if our needs are not being met I had to make the tough decision to leave that job because I decided that me continuing to breastfeed my son was more important than this job. And so I left. And so a number of mothers make that decision. But also there are a number of mothers who make the other decision, similar to my coworker, where she was in a position where she did not want to leave her job. She decided to stop breastfeeding. And I want that to be, uh, I don't want that to be the case for mothers moving forward. 
And so I am so excited to begin to work on a larger scale with companies and organizations. This is something that's new and in the making for us at Balanced Working Mama, but we know that it is going to um, be big. It's going to be great. It's going to be effective. And my goal is that in the year of 2021 and moving into 2022, we can support so many other working mothers through this initiative. So I am excited about that. I think this is another way for Balanced Working Mama to to grow and expand and just continue to do the hard work and the good work to ensure that more women who look like me, who think like me, who do all the things are supported, not only at home, not only in their wellness, but also at work. So that's what we're going to be doing. So... I hope you enjoyed my story. <laughs> um, I'm happy that I was able to share it again. It, it feels like a breath of fresh air for me to be able to talk about this. It, it feels like a, a weight that's somewhat lifted from my shoulders. And I, I thank you all for um, allowing me to share my story and allowing me to talk about um, what has happened for me, but also allowing me to support you, but also supporting me in my visions and dreams of how I want to support more people. Community and motherhood. I love it. I love it here. Hey, Mama. I'm so glad you're listening to the podcast, but I also want to connect with you on social media. So be sure to follow me and Balanced Working Mama on Instagram. You can find me at Dr. Amber Thornton. That's D R A M B E R. T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N and Balance Working Mama at Balance Working Mama. (laughs) B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-W-O-R-K-I-N-G-M-A-M-A. Follow along, join in on the fun, but then also send me a DM to say hello. See you there. All right, mamas, you already know we have homework today. Even though today's episode was a little bit different, it was me sharing my story and telling you a little bit about how Balanced Working Mama will be shifting in the coming years. Um, I have homework for you, and this homework is a bit of a favor to me. In my efforts to support women on a much larger scale in the places that they work, I need to hear from you. I want to know what are the things that have gone on for you in your place of employment with regard to work and being a working mother. Um, Yes, I want to know your experiences of when you first went back to work and and what you needed, what you got, what worked well, what didn't work well. But I want you to really think of things outside of that time too, because there's also other things that impact us uniquely as working mothers, even beyond the year um, that we return to work and everything. I want to know, I want to hear your experiences. How are you feeling at your job? How are you feeling about the policies and procedures, the practices that are in place and how they impact you as a working mother? I want to know those things and to make it a little bit easier, what I have done is I've created a survey that you can find on my website um, where you can take that survey and, and share with me your experiences, what worked well, what didn't work well, what you would like your employer to know about you as a working mother, but also if you had your say, what what policies, procedures, practices, decisions, what things would you change or enact or um, 
put into place to ensure that you feel cared for, that you feel like you matter, that you feel important, that you can continue to be productive and that you stay at that job. So please, please, please take a moment, go to www.balanceworkingmama.com. There you will find the survey for working mamas. And I would love for you to take that survey and just tell me more about your experiences. This helps me because when I am uh, moving forward and hoping to um, bring on organizations and companies and have them agree to work with me to support their working mothers, I need to know and hear from you all about what works and what doesn't and what you all need and and what you would like to have and see. And so it's going to give me the information and some of the tools I need to really come in and have a voice and say, this is what working women want right now. This is what working mothers want right now. How can we make sure that more of this happens? So I would appreciate that so much. Again, thank you all for supporting me, for believing in all the things that I want to do. Please, please, please take that survey. Again, you can find it at www.balanceworkingmama.com. Again, it's a survey for working mamas um, to tell me more about how you're feeling about the things that are happening at your jobs. All right, mamas. Well, I am so happy we got to talk today. Looking forward to hear all of your results in the survey. Hey mama, thank you for listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast. If you love this podcast, please be sure to rate it and share it with another mama that you know. And don't forget to follow me and Balanced Working Mama on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.